0: For great looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Close the donut shops, alert the media. Crisp, Krispy Cream Christie has ended his presidential campaign. It was a joke of a campaign to begin with. Nobody could understand why Krispy Cream was running. Other than to be yet another anti-Trump boo bird on the GOP stage, the race is essentially now Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron, disappoints us, will be pulling his hat from the ring next. And the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She. Credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say and do it's apparent that nikki is just controlled opposition right the powers that be don't care d or r they'll put a republican in office if that will enable them to enact their agenda legislatively and executively and that's what they did with nikki that's what they're doing with nikki so yes crispy cream is out but we knew that all along Nikki Haley remains the real danger. And what happened today in New York? Well, Judge Engeron decided to flout the law again and give Donald Trump even more grounds for appeal. He's denying the president the opportunity to present closing arguments at the trial, which is a show trial, it's a fait accompli. It's a trial before Engeron, and Engeron is clearly indicated that he doesn't care about the law. He's already found Trump guilty, right? Because in this instance, we have verdict first and then trial. And it, all of this is building up grounds for appeal. And I expect Judge Engeron, if not slap back on the law by the appellate division of the New York Supreme Court, and if not by the New York Court of Appeals, I expect him to get slapped back into the 18th century by SCOTUS. So there's still three appellate levels left to go. But what happened in Manhattan today just shows the contempt for the law and the contempt for you and for me that these elites have. And speaking of contempt, the president's ne'er do well surviving son, Hunter Biden, expressed nothing but contempt and disdain for congress waltzing into the hearing at which he was subpoenaed to testify but not to testify to sit in the front row of the gallery sit there with his lawyers and smirk essentially saying you can't touch me these people don't think they're above the law they know that they're above the law the entire system is rigged against us the entire system at every level. And some people, and I share the frustration, are saying that the Republicans are just flapping their gums and nothing is ever going to be done. It's like, well, when you only control one house and the only power that you have is to provide a criminal referral to the corrupt midget DOJ attorney general, Merrick Garland, of course, nothing's going to be done. They they still should issue the contempt of Congress citation and the criminal referral to DOJ put it on Garland make Garland in an election year decline to prosecute the president's corrupt criminal son all of this is going to come crashing down upon their ears as I always say their hubris will be their downfall one word of caution though Nancy Mace and she's been fantastic during this whole procedure I really have to give it to Nancy we don't always agree with her on the issues but She's been fantastic on this. But today she accused Hunter of embodying white privilege. And I would caution strongly against using that term, even as an accusation against the Democrats, because when you adopt their language, they win the argument before it even starts. When you acknowledge that there is a concept such as white privilege by accusing them of exerting white privilege, it legitimizes that ridiculous notion and it just gives them a win, even though that's not what you intended. Remember, always challenge the premise of the question and never, ever use their language or you're going to lose before you even begin to fight. I'm Timothy Shea, this is The Reckoning. For a complete list of shows and our schedule offered on TNT, simply visit our website we serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction truth from propaganda right here on today's news talk tnt conversations to inform and include
1: it's meant for everyday people to understand
0: today's news talk radio tnt in a recent study, microplastics were discovered in the vast majority of commonly consumed protein foods, such as seafood, pork, chicken, and plant-based meat alternatives, in the United States. Here with the story joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus.
2: Thanks, Timothy. And if you want, you can wash it down with some uh, bottled water, which has a bunch of microplastics in it too. Uh, that sure, was a story why not. I just reported. Recently, but this is this is interesting. This is shocking, and this directly affects you as a consumer of these items if you happen to live in the United States of America. I live in the United States of America. I know you do as well, Timothy. Uh, so, this the findings of this study, uh, which was conducted by researchers at the nonprofit Ocean Conservancy and the University of Toronto. Uh, they published it earlier this week, January eighth, in the journal Environmental Pollution. Researchers analyzed samples taken from 16 different protein types that were destined for consumers in the USA, including seafood, pork, beef, chicken, tofu, and three different types of plant-based alternatives to meat. Specifically, they looked at store-purchased breaded shrimp, minced pollock, pollock, I don't eat fish. I don't know how to even say that word. Fish sticks, white gulf shrimp, uh, headless and shell on. Key West Pink Shrimp, also headless and shell on. Alaska Pollock fillet, fillet fillets, skinless. Chicken nuggets, quite popular, sirloin steaks, pork loin shops, chicken breasts, plant-based nuggets, whatever that is, plant-based fish sticks, what's wrong with that, and plant-based ground beef and blocks of everyone's favorite tofu. The samples included unprocessed, minimally processed, and highly processed protein types, as well as mostly natural-slash-organic products. Overall, so basically it doesn't matter what it it, it was, uh, the researchers found microplastics in 88% of the protein food samples that were tested notably across all samples nearly half specifically 44 percent of the identified microplasters microplastics were fibers which researchers said is consistent with other studies that suggest the fibers are the most common form of microplastics in the environment roughly a third 30 percent of the microplastics were plastic fragments according to the researchers the study also found that highly processed products contained the most microplastics per gram, but there that there was no statistical difference in microplastic concentrations between land and ocean sourced proteins. The study authors wrote, quote, no statistical difference was found between high processed products and fresh caught products, suggesting that food processing is not the only source of microplastic contamination and opening avenues for further research, end quote. Integrating the results of this study with survey data from separate upcoming findings by Ocean Conservancy and the University of Toronto, researchers estimate that an average American adult consumes, on average, 11,500 microplastics per year. Yum. However, they noted that maximum exposure, because that's just an average, the maximum exposure could reach up to 3.8 million microplastics per year if calculated using the highest levels of microplastics found in each protein type and the average reported protein consumption rates, i.e. results may vary. Um, Study co-author Dr. Britter Britta B- Batchelor, a marine biologist and associated director, associate director of plastics science at Ocean Conservancy said, quote, this is a startling reminder of just how prolific plastic pollution has become. Humans live on land and yet seafood samples are just as likely to be contaminated with plastics as are terrestrial derived proteins. There's no escaping them no matter what you eat, it seems. The plastic pollution crisis is impacting all of us and we need to take action to address its many forms, end quote. Now, Timothy, I don't necessarily disagree with that statement. However, I would have a serious problem if somebody like the World Health Organization wants to come in and tell me that we need to do something about it if you catch my drift. But what do you think about this recent study?
0: Well, I I think it's telling that we've got way too many plastics, right? Remember the great line from The Graduate back in the late 60s? The father had gotten the son, Dustin Hoffman, a scuba outfit for his college graduation and and told him to go demonstrate it for the guests at the pool. And the guests for the graduation party weren't any of Dustin's friends, they were all the parents' friends. And one of the uh, parents' friends said, called him over and said, young man, I've got just one word for you. Plastics. Where do plastics come from? Plastics come from petroleum. And microplastics are just that. They're they're microscopic little filaments of plastic. Sometimes chunks, usually filaments, as the report indicated. And here's where they come from. They're coming from plastics naturally degrading. Okay, Plastics are various Uh, forms of polymers that are created using petroleum products. And when they degrade, which they do over time, you can't collect Barbie dolls forever. They eventually start to sag and look like they're melting, even though they're kept in pristine condition, because plastics aren't permanent. Plastic is by definition, a temporary solution. So, These plastics, there's an enormous, and I can't, I'm not even going to give you a number because I know I'll be off by probably a factor of a hundred, but there is an enormous multiple square miles of plastics stuck in a gyre, a, a swirling current in the Pacific Ocean. It's enormous. Just like we've got the Sargasso Sea off the coast of North Carolina to Florida in the Atlantic Ocean. There's another huge circular current that has trapped all the plastics that wash off the shore or eluded through the rivers, fall off of ships, etc. And these plastics eventually make their way into the food chain. That's where they're coming from. It's the feed. Now, that explains the sea food, the pollock. And what really concerned me were the the Gulf shrimp, because Gulf shrimp, Key West shrimp, those are the shrimp you want. You don't want the farm ship from shrimp from Asia. You want the, the shrimp or the prawns right here in our Gulf of Mexico. They're the best. Fresh, not contaminated with effluent. they they grow naturally. And the study said, headless or not headless headless or with heads, the concentration was the same, which indicates to me that it's in the food supply. Okay. So we've got a problem with microplastics in the water. Clearly we've got a problem with microplastics in the feed that's given to the animals, because the only way for it to get into beef, into pork, into chicken is for it to be in the feed. So we really need to start looking at our feed supply and our feed manufacturers and why is any of this an issue well because microplastics are estrogen mimics they exert a hormonal effect on our physiology even though they're not hormones they trigger our body into thinking that they're hormones and generating hormonal signals so if you have a high enough concentration you're going to have problems This potentially could be one of the reasons, just one of the reasons, but one of the reasons why we have such an obesity epidemic, Adam.
2: That's right, Timothy. And Alex Jones taught us uh, many, many moons ago that that might be the reason there's so many gay frogs, right? This is actually one of the things he was talking about that they just then smear (laughs) him. Let me disabuse people. Yeah, Yeah, but
0: let me disabuse people of the whole gay frogs thing. Alex was right, but he was making that point humorously to get it to stick in people's heads. They're not gay frogs. Amphibians are naturally hermaphroditic depending on environmental conditions. If it's a certain temperature, they develop into males. If it's a different temperature range in which they're developing, they develop as females. It's a natural hermaphrodism and it's only seen in amphibians, but they're not gay frogs. It's just that because of the environmental factors, they developed as males instead of as females.
2: I know, but that that's the point is like, you see how the, an actual serious issue that needs to be looked at can quickly get swept under the rug when, when somebody uh, does that, you know, and it, not necessarily a hundred percent, Alex Jones's fault, but then the media will clip that out and be like, oh, this is, yeah. 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 So they discredit people with that, but yeah, you're right. Also microplastics. They think they are pretty sure linked to cancer, heart disease, dementia, all sorts of issues. So yeah, we'll get things. to the bottom of this for sure.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for a great story, Adam. You're listening to the reckoning on TNT radio. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen.
1: There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as we reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media like Telegram, who reported uh, that they were just finished a six month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not.
0: Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one.
1: China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home, that's 40...
2: California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine.
0: Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence.
1: The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2 percent. You know, 99.8 percent survival, rather than the three or four percent mortality that the that people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been: not only do you obey government, but you honor government. No team! No, no
2: team! No! Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church.
0: So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Domestic violence is a serious problem that knows no boundaries of sex, economic status, or education. The Domestic Abuse and Violence International Alliance, DAVIA, consists of 119 member organizations from 33 countries in Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, Latin America, and North America. Davia seeks to ensure that domestic violence and abuse policies are science-based, family-affirming, and gender-inclusive. Joining us tonight to speak to this issue is Dr. Edward Bartlett. Dr. Barlett is the President and Founder of the Coalition to End Domestic Violence and the founder of SAVE, an organization focused on fairness and due process on college campuses. Ed received his PhD in Behavioral Sciences and Health Education from the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg School of Public Health and served as a U.S. Army Medical Corpsman and Community Health Educator. A former faculty member at three universities and a former federal regulator at the Department of Health and Human Services, He is the author of over 100 peer-reviewed articles and editorials. I'd like to welcome back to The Reckoning, Dr. Edward Bartlett.
1: Hello, Timothy. Great to see you.
0: Great to see you, Ed. I've been saying for 40 years that the United States needs to pull out of the United Nations. Literally nothing good comes through the United Nations. Whether it's UNICEF, which is involved in trafficking children, whether it's the military response arm that ends up with a horrible uh, rape and, and sexual crimes committed in the countries where they were deployed specifically in the balkans back in the 1990s and whether it's u.n women it doesn't matter what the organization is the world health organization literally nothing good is coming out of the u.n is it
1: yeah and i'll just tell you a personal anecdote when i was a kid I remember for halloween one one day one year i had one of these unicef little boxes and i literally went door to door asking for nickels and quarters and dimes to support unicef well that was a few years ago well things have changed radically at the united nations and i you know i asked myself well what has gone wrong and i think we can pin it on one factor and that factor is the growth of marxist thinking and marxist ideology at the united nations let me explain why that is so marxism is not just about economic disparities and and economic classes it attempts to impose a a leveling a uniformity on all social classes on all on all social groups marxism divides the world into oppressors and the oppressed and so and obviously men are, have been designated as patriarchal oppressors, that's, that's nothing new. We've heard that many times. But in the case of the recent uh, Hamas attack of Israel, Israel has also been designated as a colonizer, as an oppressor of the Palestinian people. So of course the United Nations did not want to talk about the numerous brutal rapes of the Israeli women. Oh, of course not. Just the very
0: use of the term colonizer is absurd because a colony, by definition, is a country away from the main country, right? So Holland and France and England had colonies in Africa. Well, Israel can't be a colonizer because that's the main country, Israel. You can't colonize yourself. And as for Israel out of Gaza, well, they've been out of Gaza since 2005, except for recent incursions to go and retrieve the hostages that were stolen from
1: Israel by Hamas. And you probably saw me chuckling as you were making those comments. And if you know anything about the archaeology or the history of that part of the world, Jews have literally been in the Holy Land since at least 1200 B.C., all right yes. that's a long time ago so again it's just it's just utterly absurd to even think of jews as being colonizers in that part of the world
0: meanwhile there has never been a state known as palestine nor a people known as palestinians these people the people on the west bank were transjordanians before jordan attacked israel in 1967 and lost that territory and rather than accept their own citizens back, they decided to keep them on the West Bank and use those poor people as a political football. They were more valuable as a political weapon against Israel than they were of human value to the state of Jordan, likewise with Egypt and the people in Gaza.
1: So what you're highlighting, Timothy, is that the history of that part of the world is very complicated. But bottom line, 1948, the united nations established the the country of israel and it was it was basically it was a unanimous view of the un to do that so again it's just preposterous for any group to, to question the existence or the legitimacy of israel it doesn't make sense and i want to it doesn't make sense and
0: our continued support of un doesn't make sense either and i want to talk about that after the news you're listening to the reckoning on tnt
2: Now's a good time to break the big news.
0: TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. At a congressional hearing on Wednesday, Republican legislators confronted Hunter Biden for not complying with a congressional subpoena, accusing him of contempt of Congress. The Houthi forces in Yemen launched a significant offensive involving dozens of missiles and drones aimed at the Red Sea shipping lanes, marking one of their most extensive attacks to date. Officials in Somalia say al-Shabaab extremists on Wednesday killed one person and captured five others on a United Nations helicopter that made an emergency landing in an area
2: controlled by the terrorists.
1: The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time.
0: Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website.
2: Whoa. Dinner's
0: ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Ed Senator Mike Lee, Republican from Utah, has filed a bill seeking to defund UN and the organization Davia, has a petition directed toward that same end. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about DAVIA? I gave a brief introduction at the top of the interview, but tell us a little bit more about DAVIA, its work in this
1: petition. Sure, so it's DAVIA stands for the Domestic Abuse and Violence International Alliance. We've been in existence for two years. Uh, our membership, our organizations, uh, 122 organizations in 34 countries all around the world, including Latin America and Africa and Southeast Asia. So let, let's go back a little bit here. So, you know, uh, even a year ago, people knew that the United Nations was uh, a den of iniquity, uh, but pretty much ignored it, at least in the United States, because we figured, oh, well, that's not harming us directly. Well, October 7th came along, uh, Hamas invaded Israel, over 1400 innocent men, women, and children were killed, the, the countless brutal rapes. And that's changed the, the, the entire complexion of this issue. And so there was, the, and I've already mentioned that the, the utter silence of the United Nations regarding the rapes of Israeli women. And that's, that's galvanized a huge backlash Uh, there was a a demonstration held right next to the United Nations organized by a group of Israeli women, basically saying, how dare you ignore the rapes of Israeli women? And then uh, uh, Senator Mike Lee's bill was introduced in in the U.S. Senate, basically saying, let's totally disengage, the United States should totally disengage from the UN. And then shortly after that, the ambassador to the United Nations from Israel put out a statement saying we call for the defunding of all U.N. key agencies. That's a pretty big deal. So, yes, we have just uh, just very recently launched a petition that says this titled very easily uh, defund the United Nations. And people can find that
0: petition at end to dv.org. End to EndtoDV.org, and look for the petition there and please
1: sign it. That's correct. We have a, a, a sub page on the ntodv.org page that's all about the the, the Davia group and our, our various activities. But yes, we've launched this petition. We'd like to get 5,000 signers. Uh, again, there is a huge level of fury, I should say, especially among the in the jewish community about this i I think we have to call it it's a betrayal by the united nations of this wanton attack uh, of israel
0: well it is a betrayal i think uh, i'm getting reports from a lot of friends i got a text today from a friend in florida that said that she was friended on facebook by a woman who's only using her first name now and my friend only uses her first name, and they were joking about that. And the other woman said, "Yes, yeah, since October seventh, I, I took down my last name. It was just getting the hate was getting to be too intense." I grew up. I took a course in the Holocaust in college. I was privileged to be at the class the day that a Holocaust survivor, a woman who is in Auschwitz, and had survived came and spoke to us. And at the end of the class, Ed, she made each of us run our finger along the tattoo on her forearm. And she looked each of us in the eye and said, don't ever let anyone tell you this never happened. And that's, of course, what's happening now. Eisenhower made films of it. He ordered that films be made of liberating the camp because, as he put it, someday some SOB is going to say this never happened. So he wanted to document that it was real, that it did happen. So I grew up in an era, you grew up in an era, when it was acknowledged. There was a, a famous miniseries on TV over five nights called The Holocaust that told the story. We've had movies in, about Anne Frank and the diary, her diary, the diary of Anne Frank, and other stories. We've had Schindler's List back in the 90s about Oscar Schindler, a German industrialist who smuggled out Jews using his factories so to realize that our entire ivy league the elite universities in this country fortune 500 companies major media outlets are so virulently and openly anti-semitic it just boggles my mind
1: it is very very sad if we can let's talk some more about the united nations because it's not just the the situation with israel the, the 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 corruption the rot at the united nations goes much deeper much farther it's literally
0: than, every organization in the un
1: it is and if i can give a, an example Please do. is, is that for example the human rights council which is based in geneva switzerland but part of the un family of agencies uh the human rights council routinely includes members on its council from countries that have no right to be pontificating about the meaning of of human rights, um, and specifically to some of the issues we've been discussing here, uh, we know that domestic violence is an equal opportunity problem. We know that women are just as likely to commit domestic violence as men. I'll mention the the recent case in Minnesota where the the woman gave her boyfriend uh, antifreeze uh, killing him because right. she wanted to get a share of, of his, his inheritance. So it's just a a, a, it's a scientific fact. This really is an equal opportunity problem. Unfortunately, at the Human Rights Council, they don't believe it in science, apparently, because they have a what they call a special rapporteur, which is a French word for, for somebody who can give special reports. But that person, her name is Reem Al-Salem, uh, resolutely refuses to acknowledge the existence of male victims of domestic violence. It's it's just so embarrassing to see this happening, and that and that's it. You know, human rights council isn't recognizing male victims of domestic violence. Isn't that part of their the recognition of their human rights? Well, I would
0: refer her to Lorena Bobbitt's husband. For one, there are plenty of famous victims of male victims of domestic violence it's interesting that you mentioned the human rights council because it's chaired currently i believe by iran or most recently by iran and it has as members muslim countries that hold over a million slaves in bondage today that's right we have more slaves in the world today than we had back 160 years ago during the transatlantic slave trade so where is the u.n's outrage on that muslim countries always seem to get a pass at u.n as do the communist countries it's really gotten to the point where you can't trust a single thing that's coming out of u.n and i want to dig into u.n women and sarah douglas there after the break you're listening to the reckoning on tnt radio i'm naheem hines professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle, but MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also helped kids like my buddy Ethan.
1: My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center, MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and
2: kids like me.
0: For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures, and MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today.
1: Right, I've got
0: cancer. I've been trying to tell the rest of you, but no one's listening. And I don't just mean you, ears. Eyes, would you look in the damn toilet for once? Hands, roll
1: those sleeves and take a sample. And legs, trot off to the doctor to get me looked
2: at. Because bowel cancer can be successfully treated when detected early.
0: Now look who's finally woken up. You're listening to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Marie Olsaman is not the only person at UN that is denying that men can be victims of domestic violence. Why don't you tell us about UN Women and their Deputy Chief, Sarah Douglas?
1: Right, Well, UN Women is one of the uh, many of the many sprawling agencies at the United Nations. UN Women happens to be based in New York City. Um, it has a budget of over one billion dollars. With a B, they have a whole lot of moolah to play with. So, one of their employees of UN Women, her name is is Sarah Douglas. Um, she is the her title is of a, 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 as uh, a—for security and peace, which uh, right there should make you wonder. But this is what Sarah Douglas did. Uh, This is very recent news. Uh, Following the the October 7th Hamas attack, um, she got on social media, and she endorsed literally 150 different posts uh, following that incursion that promoted anti-Zionism, accused Israel of of genocide and celebrated the shutting down of highways and bridges in israel that was done by a un women employee again that's part of this marxist thinking that oh israel are the colonizers we don't care one darn what happens to israeli women yeah they don't care what happens to israeli women
0: people don't care what happens to women if they're being trafficked by Jelaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein Epstein of course didn't kill himself and Jelaine remains the only person in the history of the world to be convicted and imprisoned for sex trafficking minors to no one you know <laughs> what's that all about um there is a little bit of Justice though I like to bring some levity because we can't constantly be be harping on the negative. We have to find little nuggets of joy where we find them, Ed. And today that little nugget of joy came out of the Clinton library in Arkansas. They posted a picture of Bill at a computer hyping out what they said was his first email. And the question was, what was the first email? Uh, guess who ex-POTUS sent his first email to? and they had to take down the post on X because the comments were almost universally Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Yeah, yeah, that it you know either you laugh or you cry there's nothing in between on these. You got to laugh or else
0: you'd be taking the gas pipe,
1: right? Yeah, and and fortunately Sarah Douglas is meeting some some measure of of justice. So so you know United Nations employees at least in theory are not supposed to be partisan or supposed to be objective and fair because that's what people expect the united nations to be well finally there was a a a un representative who at least acknowledged that fact that she had um she had erred in in, uh, in that regard of course when asked well what's going to be done about sarah douglas all he would say was well it's being handled internally that's all we know. That's the last we heard about Sarah Douglas. But, you know, that, of again, course, that's, and that's,
0: he's not at liberty to discuss an ongoing personnel matter.
1: We well, of, the, of, of course yeah. not. So so you women has, you know, the, you go to their website, they proclaim they're about gender equality. But hey, let's let's get real here. I mean, there's so many ways in which men are lagging behind women in terms of lifespan in, in terms of uh, suicide, in terms of occupational deaths, the list goes on and on and on. But again, it's radio silence when you're going to the UN women and anything related to gender equality for men, it's just it's 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 verboten. it's not it's not discussable.
0: It's not discussable. and they go one further. They try to shame men who do speak out, which is unfortunate how though did Sarah end up in trouble what was her violation of impartiality what did she do
1: well by by endorsing these tweets uh, or actually uh, sending out these tweets um you know basically you know very one-sidedly uh saying rah-rah yeah. to the Hamas terrorists um nothing about uh, oh we're, we're also concerned about the Israeli women or or men no none of that so so What are she, we talking about? One or two random unfortunate tweets here? How about 153? So right. <laughs> so yeah. So I, we're I'm seeing a, a distinct
0: a, pattern here,
1: Ed. Yeah, a, a, a <laughs> pattern, and and that uh, comes out pretty clear. Again, we're seeing that that Marxist ideology. You know, the Israelis are the colonizers. They're obviously evil, right? That's that's the UN mentality. It really is, and they're openly Marxist.
0: In fact, the entire made up bogus holiday of kwanzaa and i use holiday advisedly of kwanzaa is nothing more than a celebration of marxist principles in fact i often remind people that when patty hearst the heiress to the hearst newspaper fortune was kidnapped by the symbionese liberation army back in the early 70s she appeared for a famous photograph holding a an automatic rifle in front of the Symbionese Liberation Army's logo, which was a seven-headed cobra. Well, that seven-headed cobra, each head had the same name as one of the days of Kwanzaa. And each of the days of Kwanzaa are named after one of the Marxist principles, community health, community organization, et cetera. You can look them up. Look up Kwanzaa and you can see the different each day has a different theme, and it's all Marxism, and it's all made up. It's There's nothing African about it. There's nothing culturally significant about it. It was, it was a guy named Ron who took a name like Karenga, and Ron Brown, I think his name was, and he, he changed his name to Ron Karenga, and then he changed his first name to an African name too, and he just made it up in the 60s, and the entire intent was to push Marxist principles. And so, when you have school children in the United States celebrating Kwanzaa, which isn't even a real holiday, it's, it was done to get the Marxist principles into the schools.
1: If we can, let's go on to to yet another very recent scandal at the at UN Women. Let's um, do. And I don't know if you've heard the name Monroe Bergdorf. Monroe Bergdorf. No, I have not. Uh, but he was, this was just last month in December, uh, Monroe Bergdorf was nor named as the, uh, the UK champion for UN women. Okay. Well, that sounds, sounds pretty good, but, oh, it turns out our Monroe Bergdorf is is a biological male who underwent some pretty serious breast augmentation serious surgery. Right. So to to designate in a very high visibility position this biological male uh, obviously he calls himself transgender uh, obviously that's that's pretty much a, a slap in the face to 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 women so so women uh, 17 women's groups in the UK really were furious about this they wrote a letter pretty nasty letter to UN women they said your reputation lies in tatters literally in tatters and it's all it's almost humorous so now there's if you if you search on the term monroe bergdorf you'll see media accounts from australia uh united states all over the world saying yeah this this u.n women truly has gone bonkers
0: well this entire transgender issue and the support that mentally ill men are getting preferentially over Actual women, and I don't use the term biological woman, because a, a man's a man, a woman's a woman. But the fact is that the transgenders, whether it's male to female or female to male, these are very mentally ill people that deserve our compassion, our love, and the mental health services they need. They, they don't need to be uh, patronized. They don't need to be lauded, certainly, and they don't need to be enabled in their delusion and that's exactly what groups are doing and again it's to push that Marxist agenda women in the United States college athletes are finding that Title IX was always an empty promise after all as it turns out because they're being made to compete against men and you know the the NCAA swimming race last year where Riley Gaines the best swimmer in the country best female swimmer in the country lost a race by something like seven or eight lengths to a a man at Penn. And yet we're all supposed to pretend that Billy is a girl. No, no, I have a daughter and I will advocate fiercely against this because she's a great female athlete. But guess what? Female athletes cannot compete on the same uh, level as male athletes just because of physiological differences it's been shown time and time again the u.s women's national soccer team just lost 18 to nil to a bunch of fat retired male footballers i mean it was ridiculous
1: right right and this this transgender scandal i'm going to use the word scandal uh, Is not just monroe Bergdoff and u.n women uh the world health organization is right now literally as we speak is setting up a committee to create guidelines so-called guidelines on uh, gender, with so-called gender-affirming care, which is uh, as good a, a euphemism as you can possibly imagine. Um, and who are the members of this WHO, World Health Organization Committee? Well, they're, they're, they're generally not medical professionals. They're transgender activists. They'll, they will be the ones who will be developing these guidelines for World Health Organization. Doesn't that seem a little strange? Well, it's not strange
0: when you realize what they're trying to do is to propagandize. And what people think that propaganda is tricking the public into believing something that's a lie. And in a lot of cases, that is true. But the real goal of propaganda, as wielded by these Marxists, is to shame and humiliate you into repeating something that you know is a lie. Not to trick you into believing a falsehood is true, but to force you, to compel you, to shame you, into repeating something that you know is not true, because if they can get you to do that, they can get you to do anything, and that's the real objective here.
1: If I can, let me read an actual quote, just just to reinforce the the, the Marxist origins of all of this. This is a quote by a feminist. Her name is Shulamith Firestone, um, and here here's what she said: "The goal of the feminist re- revolution must be the elimination." of the sex distinction itself. Genital differences between human beings would no longer matter culturally. The tyranny of the biological family would be broken. How is that for uh, radical thinking? Yeah, the tyranny
0: of the family, the most successful social unit in the history of mankind is, is seen as tyranny. Look at how successful children of single mothers are. And, you know, we've elevated single mothers to the status of of heroin in the West. Well, guess what? 80% of them left their husbands and they weren't, they didn't leave for the, the three big A's, right? Abuse, uh, you know, domestic violence abuse, uh, addiction, or adultery. So, uh, meaning not for cause. All of a sudden... The woman has her children and she decided, you know what? I'd rather go it alone and I'll get the house and I'll get half of his stuff and he won't be able to see the children much. It's a good deal for me. That's 80% of the divorces in the United States now.
1: Yeah, I recently read an article that said that at, at current trends by the year 2040, um, 45% of, of, of American women Will be single and childless Mm -hmm. think about that number 45 percent of american women will be single and childless i mean what i mean think of dystopian scenarios there you go it's right there staring us in the face well the silver
0: lining in this is that it's not men that are going to be single and childless because we're not limited to american women Okay, passport bros is a real thing. These are young men who work online so they can work anywhere in the world. They don't have to go to an office to make their money. They're going to Africa. They're going to Asia. They're going to Eastern Europe. If they're going anywhere but Western countries with these oppressive domestic family law, quote unquote, divorce laws and child custody laws, they're opting out. They're leaving the women here and going and finding themselves traditional women with strong families. They're living overseas. They're not subjecting themselves to the jurisdiction of our family courts and to what is becoming known as divorce rape. So good on the young men for doing that.
1: And I'll just tell you personally, I I speak Spanish fluently. I've I've spent a lot of time in Latin America. I know a lot of persons in Latin America, male, female, well, Latin American women are just different. They're different than American women. They're, there's less of a sense of "Oh, I have to prove myself. I have to compete with you. I have to topple the patriarchy." You don't get that from in general from Latin American women. It's much more, you know, fami- familiar and you know, working together and and respecting each other for their differences, not because I'm trying to prove that I'm I'm, I'm also a uh, you know, I'm a male and a female body. That's exactly correct, and
0: perhaps the most insidious phrase that's entered our culture, that is undermining marital happiness, familial happiness, is the phrase "happy wife, happy life." <laughs> I saw a great video from a woman the other day, and she said, "I, I was miserable," and I, you know, I, a friend of mine said, "Well, happy wife, happy life," meaning. You know, if he's not keeping you happy, it's time to move on. And she said, I thought long and hard about that. And I realized I had it exactly backwards, that men will do anything for you. All they want is a little appreciation, a little attention. And believe me, ladies, you're going to get back tenfold what you give. She said, it really should be happy life, happy wife. And she came to that realization all on her own. And I was so proud of her watching that video. And that's the way women in the rest of the world think, but Western women just aren't getting it. And as you indicated, their gene
1: line is going to end with them. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting. You and women did a, um, 300 page document. I have it right next to me here. I've read it. I've read through it uh, about the family. Um, uh, and, uh, the, they have a whole chapter about domestic violence in the family. Now, the science says in a, in the family in a in an intact family, domestic violence rates are very very low. Okay, we know that scientifically. Oh well, UN Women totally disregards the science and and in this report, UN Women uh, basically says uh, families are 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 violent and dangerous, and basically scares women to avoid getting married. Well. You know, yet again, we see a, a, a way to undermine the, the most bedrock unit of, of any culture, which is the nuclear family.
0: And that's exactly what they're trying to do. We're going to have to leave it there. I'd love to have you back. Can't wait for our next conversation. Folks, go to, to org and look at the DAVIA page and sign that petition if you're of a mind to. That's it for tonight's Reckoning here on today's News Talk TNT. Stay tuned for the Hervoyer Moritz Show. Until next time, I'm Timothy Shea. God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.